0: Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I am here with my friend Evan to talk some Hawks and Falcons. Evan, how are you doing on this Monday night?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. We just just uh we just watched the end of the Hawks game, game four. Big comeback, you know. They're turning around. They're looking good. Uh, vibes are high right now for the Hawks. Man, feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, for sure. They are uh, now two and two on the season. Things did not get off to the best start ever as they started out the season zero and two. Dropped a pretty tough one in Charlotte on in opening night, and then another tough one at home in the home opener against the Knicks. But um, you know those are the first two games. These last two nights have been a lot different. They absolutely housed the Bucks in Milwaukee last night, 127 to 110. And they just beat the Timberwolves by 14 after being down by as many as 21. So we're going to be a little more optimistic if these were reversed. We'd probably be a little more pissy on this podcast, but we're definitely going to um, have a good amount of optimism about this team because these last two games have gone pretty good. So, yeah, I guess let's just, fl- let's just fly by Charlotte, New York. Uh, Because, like I said, let's talk about the good stuff. Um, Charlotte, tough game offensively for the Hawks. Trey and DeJounte were both pretty bad uh, shooting the ball in this one. Trey went four for 19. DeJounte went three for 14. And uh, I don't want to say it was that simple, but it kind of was. They lost by six, and if they shoot a little bit better, they probably win. So, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Trey and DeJounte went one of 12 from three. Um, As a team, they shot 17%. That's just not going to cut it yeah. uh, against any team. I don't care if you're playing Charlotte or the Bucks. It's just not going to cut it. Um, Charlotte Charlotte was really bad last year, and, you know, we thought this was going to be a, you know, kind of a confidence boost for the team, and they came out sluggish. They, they couldn't shoot the three ball. Um, you know, P.J. Washington had his way, had his way with the Hawks. So, um, you know, we, we – we saw, you know, they clean it up a little bit on, on the defensive side. Um, But, yeah, just a really rough start for the Hawks.
0: Yeah, just a slug the entire game for pretty much everybody except for Jalen Johnson. He was the only guy that had somewhat of a solid game. I mean, he was really good. It was a career night for him. Um, not a huge sample of his career, but career high in points. Uh, I think career high in uh, shots attempted, all that stuff. Career high in minutes probably too. So kind of just gives you an idea of um how big of a part he's going to be to this team. Um, But, yeah, it was uh, kind of whatever. You just kind of shake it off. I mean, like you said, P.J. Washington was really good for the the Hornets, and so was Mark Williams. He was just an anchor at center for them. He was plus 19. That was the highest the entire game. So those two guys really did it for Charlotte. And, uh, yeah, uh, tough loss. But, you know, it's just game one of 82. Bounce back against the Knicks. No, they don't. 126 to 120 at home against – I guess, I mean, do you even view the Knicks as a rival? It's just been that series was so long ago. I don't even care anymore. But every time we play the Knicks, it, it gets brought up, that series. But uh, Hawks did not get it done in this one. Um, you know, Hunter was pretty good in this game, 27 points. But the rest of the offense was not uh, up to par. Trey had 18, along with DeJounte, both having 18. Trey, you need a little bit more from him. Um, Sadiq Bey hasn't had a great start to the season but this was definitely an upgrade of an offensive performance they shot 37.5% from 3 which will take that after going 5 for 29 in game 1 so yeah this was a, definitely a pretty pretty exciting game that the Hawks played but just couldn't get it done and you know, the Knicks aren't bad they're not as bad as the Hornets definitely uh, they're kind of this on the same tier as the Hawks so definitely not a bad loss but after losing in Charlotte you would have liked to get this one
1: yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like you know, between the first game and the second game our perimeter defense really wasn't there. Um, you know, this game it was Jalen Brunson. He went 8 of 12 from 3. I mean, he was lights out. Um, you know, Julius Randle really didn't do much. I know 17 points, you know, kind of looks like a lot, but really he he was he was shut down the entire game. Um, RJ Barrett looked phenomenal. Like he looked really good uh passing the ball, six assists. He 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 looked he looked really good. Um, but yeah, this was Jalen Brunson's night, man. Um, we just we just couldn't stop the Knicks. I mean, we hung in there. J- uh, DeAndre Hunter was very good. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about him a, a little later on. But he looked he looked really good. Um, and and once again, we just got you know, Knicks shot forty five percent from three. We shoot thirty seven percent. That's really where where it came down to. Um, we're pretty pretty even statistically throughout. Um, it was just Jalen Brunson's night and and RJ Barrett.
0: Yeah, those guys were on fire. Like you said, eight for 12 for Brunson. He's just been, he's, he's really unlocked another level since going to New York. And uh, yeah, the defense through these first two games was just rough. I mean, they, um, you know, that was even more so in this game. Um, as I did have some good moments against Charlotte, but I you know, get out the 126. The Knicks shot 20 for 44 from three. <laughs> that's a—that's uh, great, great for the Knicks, bad for the Hawks. So. Yeah, that, that was a tough one in the home opener. Um, but good things are on the horizon. They had an off day on Saturday and Sunday night against the Bucs. You know, we were kind of I don't know about you, but I was kind of dreading this one after the Falcons lost. I was like, oh you know, Hawks rowing two, Falcons just lost. Now the, the Hawks gotta go to Milwaukee and play Giannis and Dame. And um they made a fool out of me. They absolutely smoked the Bucks uh 127 to 110. This one just really was never close. They were up by six after one. You know, it's close at that point, but outscored them by 15 points in the second. And really at halftime, you know, this one was kind of locked up. Um, Much better offensive output in this game. Hawk shot 15 for 37 from three. That is excellent, 40%. Um, Trey was better in this game. He uh, really put the game away late. Uh, So that was encouraging to see. DeJounte was pretty good. This was like a real team effort. They had eight guys in double figures. Um bogey had 17, Bay had 13, Akagu had 14. So yeah, the offense was all over the place. They shot the ball extremely well. They held Dame to six points after Dame had, I think, 41 in his first game. So that was impressive. He was, I mean, it was credit to the Hawks, but he was also just bad. <laughs> he could not make anything. Um, Giannis was pretty good. He's Giannis. He's gonna get his have his way, but you know, really other than him, nobody on the Bucks had it going. Uh, maybe a little Malik Beasley. He was hitting some threes, but that was about it. And they just couldn't stop the Hawks. They were just getting whatever they wanted at any time.
1: No, yeah. I mean, we had our way. We had our absolute way with the Bucks. Um, Damien Lillard six points. I mean, that's ridiculous. DJ <sighs> locked him up, son. He yeah. locked him up. Um, what else was I going to hit on? Um, but yeah, everybody, everybody that played fifteen or fifteen or more minutes had ten or more points. Like you said, eight guys. Um, that's ridiculous. Like the ball movement was absolutely insane. Trained it up with uh with eleven assists. He shot three of eight from three. Two of those were half four buzzer beaters at the end of quarters. He yeah. was super efficient, super efficient from three. Um look at the assist totals. We out we outsisted um Milwaukee 32 to 22. The ball movement was absolutely insane. Everybody was scoring. Um just just playing excellent team basketball. And you know, with a team against you know, guys against the Bucs, um, you know, heavy starting lineup, but their bench is really not that deep. So, so you have eight guys in double digits. Uh, that really shows that the second unit was performing just as good. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like what Quinn Snyder is doing, like especially in the first quarter when, um, you know, starts off with Trey and DJ on. And then he actually pulls Trey about halfway through and just lets DJ run the offense, you know, bring in A.J. Griffin. Um bring in another shooter and it, it's really just been flowing, you know, really well these past two games. So um looking to see more of that, but yeah, this game was just, it was a blowout. It, it's really good when you see everybody get minutes like that long box score. That that means.
0: Yeah. You know, Cubby Buffkin, Cubby Buffkin got in. He made his debut. That was nice to see. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know the Bucks punted super early. I know the came in with like eight minutes left and people were like, okay, and what we'll do the Hawks pull their guys? Cause I mean, the, <laughs> the, uh, the uh the Bucks clearly out of it, but yeah, like Buff can get some minutes. Mohamed Gay got three minutes. It's cool for those two guys, rookies. Trent Forrest got in the game for five minutes, so yeah, that's uh that was good, and yeah, really nice win. Like you said, uh, Dejounte being able to run the offense. We're about to get more into him right now with this T Wolves game, but you know he he's had some good moments so far, and uh, yeah, this is another thing about the season starting that um I kind of like is. I get to see the transactions I missed in the offseason because watching the game last night, I had no idea that campaign was on the Bucks. (laughs) Watching the T-Wolves tonight, I had no idea that Shake Milton was on the Timberwolves. So, like, it just kind of refreshes my mind. I'm seeing all these. I was like, he's on the T-Wolves now? It's kind of didn't look right. I'm I'm used to him being on the Sixers. So, yeah, let's talk about this T-Wolves game. Um, This one was super fun, man. The second half was electric from the Hawks. But uh, the first half... They could not stop anything. (laughs) Um, Minnesota scored 42 in the first quarter and 37 in the second. Luckily for the Hawks, they were able to hang on a little bit, um, getting 35 in the first, but uh, only 25 in the second, but still obviously enough to hang around. But uh, yeah, they were down by 19 at the half, 79 to 60. Um, Anthony Edwards was just kind of going ballistic on us. He had a much quieter second half as the whole Minnesota roster did um but the defense was just rough and it was just a good offense by Minnesota too you got to give them credit but it was just uh, rough on the perimeter i mean the the uh, t wolves shooting numbers overall for this game were still pretty good just kind of carried by that first half but uh yeah it was it was a rough rough um rough one in the first half but the the offense kept a minute so credit to them so what do you think about the first half of this one
1: yeah first half anthony edwards was just doing whatever jaden mcdaniels had two threes The T-Wolves were shooting 66.7% from three in the first half, from three. So just absolutely no defense being played. Um, Credit to the Hawks for sticking in it, man. They put up 60 themselves, and they were shooting 50%, made nine threes. Um, You know, the T-Wolves really just set the pace from the get-go. Like, they were just lights out. And, um, yeah, credit to the Hawks for sticking in there. I mean, the second half, completely different basketball um from from the Hawks but but yeah just to just to be within reach I mean down 19 is is not a good spot but you know it could have been worse
0: yeah definitely if the offense would have put up any kind of dud you know this game could have been over in the first half but they didn't uh they weren't perfect but they did enough to stick around and then the second half DeJounte Murray goes for 30 in the second half um you know, almost outs- he, out- he outscored the Timberwolves in the third quarter. He almost outscored them for the whole half as the T-Wolves only get 34 points in the second half while the Hawks put up a 67. So it was just an absolute onslaught. They ended up winning the game by 14 points after being down by as many as 21. Uh, they had a huge 21-2 to run at the end of the third quarter. I mean, DeJounte made his first, I think, 11 buckets in the second half. Like, it was just absolutely ridiculous he had 28 points in about 16 minutes at that point to where he hadn't missed a shot so yeah he he was great um Trey had some some good moments you know Jalen Johnson had some nice moments in in transition the defense was great DeJounte really locked in the second half Anthony Edwards like we said he was awesome in the first half he couldn't do much at all um in the second and DeJounte was on him for a good portion of that so yeah this is I know the season's early but this was definitely uh probably the most fun the season has been so far. It was awesome. DeJounte was just out of his mind. So, yeah, what did you think? Because I was just uh, very happy, very, very good to see these kind of things.
1: Yeah, 100%, dude. I mean, 34 points in the second half uh, for the T-Wolves after 79 in the first half. Um, Defense was was locked up. I mean, picking passes consistently, getting on fast breaks, throwing up lobs. I mean, dude, Trey and Jalen Johnson in transition – is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. that, that was some of the, the funnest basketball I've watched in a while, man. Just that just that fourth quarter was just electric. DJ could not miss. Um and and then getting the turnovers to, to flip the script and, and, and keep it going. Man, just unbelievable comeback. What a half. Like that was awesome. Um yeah, I mean like one thing I kind of want to note it's kind of interesting is if you look at the plus minus so Okongu actually played more minutes than Capella. Okongu's plus minus is plus twenty two and Capella is minus four. So yeah. that is super interesting. I mean just I, I mean, obviously if Okongu's playing with DJ Murray, he's not missing. Um,
0: you know. That helps.
1: That helps for sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's just super interesting. Especially the fact that he played more minutes than him is is really the key
0: yeah they really leaned on a Congo more in the second half I mean like you said the plus minuses can't get inflated you know the Hawks were down by 19 in the first half and that's where Capella got majority of his minutes and the Hawks won the uh second half by what uh 33 points and that's where a got majority of his minutes. so that it's kind of a little bit of noise in there but aakago was definitely better than Clint tonight um he I mean, did not miss a shot and he made all four of his free throws so he was great on offense and he was you know he was a Congo on defense like that's what you want from him
1: yeah, I mean, super efficient. I mean, I'm not going to take away Capella's five blocks. Like, Yeah, was, I
0: mean, he's still he Clint.
1: Yeah, I mean, the T-Wolves have how, – how much money do they have wrapped up in their centers? Nasri Cat too,
0: too much.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. They, yeah. they got some big bodies down there. And, you know, shout at them. I mean, their, their centers really just – I mean, they didn't really do much at all. And it was all Anthony Edwards. Like, fantastic job on the perimeter down low in the second half, complete, complete other story in the first half. I mean, they were having their way, but this was unbelievable, man. Um, The, the Jalen Johnson secret is getting out. It's getting out folks.
0: Yeah. um, We didn't didn't even mention that he got to start these last two games after uh, Sadiq started the first two. So, I mean, we, we, we kind of saw this last year. Quinn obviously really likes Jalen. As soon as he became the head coach, Jalen's minute shot up a ton. Kind of the opposite has happened for AJ Griffin. Uh, has AJ has just not played a ton this year uh, to start. He only played six minutes in this game, but yeah, and it's hard not to like Jalen and uh, just the raw tools he has, and we're seeing it. I mean, he was very good in this game. It, like you said, him and Trey in transition is like I don't like I don't know what who can even stop that. Like it's it's probably no one. I mean, those two guys going down down downhill is just an avalanche, and you cannot do anything about it. I mean, they had the one play in the fourth where traders had a wide open layup and they had one guy trailing him. And, you know, he just went and Jalen just slammed it. And it's like, there are so many options. They can do whatever they want. So that was good to see. Um, let's just talk about DeJounte. Some um, 41 points, 17 for 24, uh, had seven rebounds and five assists, plus 25. That was the best on the team. Um, one of his best games as a hog, probably in the top three. I mean, he was just uh, like, it, it was just unreal watching him. I mean, the three that he hit, to uh, tie the game at the end of the third was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like This guy is just going absolutely ballistic. And I don't think I've ever seen him that hot as a Hawk. I mean, I know he's had some big 40-point games, but he's never had a stretch like he did in the third to where I don't think he could have missed if he wanted to. It was just unreal to watch.
1: Yeah, 41 ties his career high. I know he set that last year with the Hawks. So I was really hoping he got over that. But um, they decided to pull the starters, and they were kind of running it up a little bit. So – understandable understandable but but golly he was on a heater man like shout out to him hopefully this really wakes him up this was his first 20 point performance this year so hopefully get things rolling a little bit and um i really dude i really just love what i'm seeing these past two games like this is it it feels different like i I don't know about you but this feels different the culture i mean everything around it is is they're playing team basketball like i don't know i i feel like It's just different,
0: man. It's different. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because um, Dejounte, his usual stints on the bench are to end the first and to end the third. He played the entire third and like the first, like four or five minutes of the fourth. Like that is something Nate would never do. Like Nate, like they're on. It's on his schedule. He he was so stubborn about that. And you're gonna sit on your sitting schedule. Um, I know uh, this guy on Twitter who just follows the league as a whole. He said this is something that. Quinn would do in Utah with Donovan Mitchell. If Mitchell was just going off, you know, he's gonna, he's not gonna sit. <laughs> like you're supposed to sit, you're staying in the game. And you know, they did that with DeJounte and you know, probably gave him an extra seven minutes out there and he probably had like ten points in that span. And, you know, it's just way more creativity, way more flexible with the rotations. I mean, it's just night and day. Uh, From Nate, I don't want to work over here just shake on Nate McMillan still, but it is true. Like, it is just a different feel that this team has. I mean, I know the first two games suck, but you know, it's about as uh, encouraging of a two and two start to the season that they could have with the way they've played these last two games. Um, so yeah, that was uh, it was an awesome game, man. It was an awesome game. Shout out to DeJounte. Uh, Trey was good, he had 24 points, eight assists, um, kind of ho hum for him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Sadiq Bey was better in this game. He made all three of his threes. And that's something to point out. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was pretty good again. Like, you know, they played pretty well, you know. Uh, the defense yeah. was bad in the first half, but other than that, they played pretty much perfectly in the second half. I mean, 19 and 15 points for the Timberwolves in the third and fourth quarter. And then 38 and 29 for the Hawks. Like, they they, they pretty much played a perfect second half.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%, man. This is it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, dude, shout out to Deandre Hunter. Like he's, he's, he's been having a, like a crazy good year so far. Like yeah, all, every single one of his numbers are up. He's just been super efficient. He, he doesn't really have the ball in his hands too much dribbling, but playing off the ball. And, and if he's hitting 40% of his threes, like he's an actual weapon and he, he's being way more aggressive on defense. He just looks more comfortable. And I mean, dude, he's been, he's been so good. He's been our best player. Um, you know, in that Knicks game, and then you know tonight, was yeah, being aberrated. consistent. Yeah, yeah, consistency has been crazy, crazy good to have.
0: Yeah, if he could, um, you know, hone in and channel the good DeAndre, um, he could have a huge year. So,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, shout out to him, shout out to everybody, because the whole team, everybody on the team, pretty much played well in the second half. Uh, so, yeah, big win um, on the back on the back to back too. That's a, that's not a small thing of having to turn around go all the way back down to Atlanta for Milwaukee and win this game too is a uh, pretty yeah. impressive. So yeah for the rest of this week they are off tomorrow. Then they have a uh, Washington at home. Then they are off Thursday and Friday and go to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. So um Washington's horrible and you're coming out of an off day and you're at home they should win that game. New Orleans is pretty good on the road. That should be a good game. Um they're uh they're two and O I I believe to start the season. So that should be interesting. Anything uh anything you want to circle coming uh from the past game for this coming week?
1: No, I think um I think you guys just gotta watch out for the Wizards, man. I think they're a team that can come up and bite you offensively. De- defensively, they're gonna be terrible. Like horrible. Yeah. So um, they can score
0: though.
1: Yeah, yeah, they can score. Uh just just keep Jordan Poole under under um contain and and, and just I don't know, keep it rolling, man. The the yeah. energy the energy tonight in in the arena was amazing. It was unbelievable. So yeah, just just keep it rolling.
0: Yeah, um, I'm looking at this Wizards Pacers game. Their first game, the Wizards lost 143 to 120. So you can score on them definitely, but uh, yeah, Kuz, Kuzman pool they could get hot. So you got to contain them. But still, again, the Hawks should win for sure. So yeah, all right, first Hawks segment of the year is over with. It's time to move on to the Atlanta Falcons, who suffered pretty brutal loss yesterday to the Tennessee Titans. On the road, twenty-eight to twenty-three, loss to Will Levis and company. A lot to hit on with this game. A ton happened. Um, Heineke, he played and played pretty well. Uh, Grady Jarrett is out for the season. He got hurt in this game. He tore his ACL. That sucks. And um, just a pretty brutal into this game um, with a very very bad drop from Van Jefferson. So. Yeah, we can uh, get into the nitty gritty here in a second, but what are just your what is your overall feel of the Falcons right now? Because mine has just gone way downhill in the past twenty four hours between losing this game and losing Grady. It is um, not good. Not good.
1: Yeah, vibes are bad. Vibes are very bad. I'm I'm super down, man. Like, it, it you know, I, I can ramble on about the QB situation about Arthur Smith, but but we are still in a division race like that is the shittiest part yep. about us like there's no there's no okay let's just take it easy you know get a draft pick or what like no you have to buy and that's the that's the shittiest part about this like it feels like you're just I don't know because we're frauds obviously <laughs> and we're not going to make any noise in the playoffs unless we match up with like you know like you said the Seahawks or the Vikings squeeze in or just like some mid-team like I don't think we make any noise against, you know, the Eagles or the Forty like the Forty Nine like, we can't beat those teams like the I've
0: Cowboys. None of yeah,
1: yeah, we're not even gonna come close. And so, we're just at this weird point where we don't even know who's gonna be starting QB this week. Like, we just lost our best defensive player, you know, and 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 things are not looking good. I mean, you know, before this game there was commotion about going to get Montez Sweat and you're thinking oh my god like beef up the d line some more get some pass rush and 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 just you know take care of the ball on offense and you know we can compete with anybody like it's going to be a close game but but now it's it's the complete opposite like i don't even know like things are not good and and i don't know what to think it, you know i'm trying to be optimistic but it's just really hard to right now
0: yeah, my overall feel is with the trade deadline being tomorrow. Um, they did make a trade today to kind of uh, help with the Grady Jarrett situation, and they got uh, a Street. He's nothing crazy. They traded. Um, what did they even trade a a uh, six round pick for him? I think it's a conditional pick, so it could change depending on how much he plays. But that's just kind of just depth because Grady got hurt. But I, I I know yesterday I, I was like, oh Montez that'd be cool. But now I don't even really want it. I think you kind of play with what you got and see how far you can get. I don't think you should mortgage the future at all for this team and give up any kind of substantial draft capital to go on a run this year because you know this team can make the playoffs they're so right in the thick of it, but I just I don't think it's worth it. I mean, maybe if this team had a quarterback, yeah, but they don't so yeah, I mean and this game just it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, defense kind of had some their rougher moments of the season. Um, you know, Ritter was bad when he played. He had another terrible fumble, and you know, I guess the the real silver lining, I guess, is that Heineke looked pretty good. Um, you know, he he didn't light it up or anything, but he looked way more competent than Ritter has looked for the majority of the season. So, yeah, I mean, Bijan was solid in this one. Um, but he just needs the ball more. I mean, he had 11 carries, averaged yeah. about six yards per carry, but he only had 11. Like he needs the ball more. Um, you know, Cadeira Hodge was our leading receiver
1: <laughs>
0: with a team with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. That's you know, he did have one huge 52-yard play that kind of boosted it, but you know, man, I don't, I don't even know because we know this team; they're going to be in it. The schedule's so easy. And uh, I just – I don't even know what to, what to do. I don't think they should do a huge buy, though, at all. That's kind of my overarching opinion.
1: Unless you're going out to get Kyler Murray, I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't yeah. Buy I mean, like
0: – Just like a rental for just this year, like, no. Like, maybe if it was a guy that was a little more controllable, okay, but not a – I think Montez Sweat and Chase Young are both of the other rookie deals, like, I, that's not worth it.
1: Yeah, it's not. it's not worth going out and getting a rental for – draft capital and yeah. you're not even going to be able to compete this year. So I don't know. Things are going to change. This off season is going to be super interesting um, whether we get in or not. Like we need a QB. We need yeah. a QB. And and it's, it's not Heineken. It's not Ritter, you know, for the future. Like I, I don't see Ritter just taking a next step. Like he looked horrible, like absolutely horrible against –
0: That's tw- seven turnovers in the past three games, and he's barely played – like, he's barely played in this one really, honestly. Yeah. Like, he has been awful.
1: And it's it's not so much even the interceptions, dude. Hold on to the ball.
0: like Yeah. How many fumbles is that? Like, three last week? One – one. So, he has four fumbles and three picks in the past three weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pathetic. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's all he had to do was lean on the run game. Which we don't even use and, and take care of the ball. And when we get behind, there's zero chance. With Arthur Smith's play calling and and Ritter's ability, there is zero chance of coming back from any type of deficit. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I mean we are we are this does sound like, like a season's over podcast. I mean it's not like they're tied for first place. Um with the Saints. The Saints did win, so they're both four and four. But this at the field this team is just they're not legit. I'm sure Saints fans probably feel a similar way with their team. But someone in this division is going to make the playoffs for better or for worse. And um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, Arthur Smith, I, he is just not encouraging at all with his play calling. Not creative, not giving guys the ball enough. Bijan in particular, a guy that you can literally hand the ball off to. It's not like um, a receiver like London or Pitts to where you, know, you have a bad quarterback trying to force the ball to him that could end poorly. You know, there's really no excuse for Bijan only having 11 carries when it seems, you know, everything seemed fine with him this week. After, But all that happened last week with him getting one carry. You no, know, I don't think there was any restrictions on him at all, and he had 11 carries, and he looked good in his carries. He just wasn't good enough. Um, but, you know, looking ahead, uh, they play Minnesota next week. They are without Kirk Cousins now for the season. That's at home. That's a winnable game. They go and play Arizona. And I think I saw that Kyler Murray is not gonna be playing in that game. They're already like saying he's not playing two weeks from now. So people think he's about to get traded. So I mean they they could win these next two pretty easily because they're about to go up against um Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs. <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean they're gonna be in it. We're gonna be watching, but it's just um you know, there's just no there's no path for this team to actually make a run, in my mind at all. Yeah. yeah, unless I mean, they, you know, unless you said they got unless they get Kyler Murray or, or something crazy, they like, need a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback.
1: Yeah, they don't have a QB. I mean, Heineke looked better than Ritter, um, <sighs> but but like, dude, could could Heineke go on like a like a Washington football team run when, when he did a couple years ago and almost beat the Bucks? I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, but if, if if he can just play that that role, like at the beginning of the year, what did we say Ritter had to do? He had to convert on third downs and take care of the ball, like lean on the run game, like make the throws when you have to. And, and just, you know, take care of the ball and don't turn it over and, and just be smart. Um, You know, there's still a chance that, you know, if he starts, he can kind of play that role. I mean, he's a little bit of a veteran. He looked way better than Ritter in that small sample size, of course, uh, against, you know, a horrible team in Tennessee, but, like, I don't know. I, I think, I think right now it's like 50-50, the division between us and the Saints, and with our schedule, I mean, with our schedule, if we don't win this division, you have to go out and get a QB. I don't, I don't know. I think you other- do,
0: regardless of what happens at all this season, unless they yeah. like go to the NFC Championship somehow with Ritter or something. Like, it, like there's just no way. That you can just kind of run this back next year with this quarterback situation.
1: A hundred percent, hundred percent. you're getting QB anyway, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Things are looking bleak, man. Um, but but
0: here we go. They got an easy schedule, so it, it's happen. it's ridiculous. It just got and it got easier with Kurt getting hurt. Like it yeah. continues to get easier, and then I mean, Kyler might not be back for the Cardinals, and you know it's yeah, it's it's crazy easy and. You know, I mean, in this game, I mean, Will Levis, he looked pretty good for the um, Titans. Uh, kind of a credit to some blown coverages by the Falcons, but he started to make the throws. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins went crazy in this one. Um, you know, that's – I mean, the only other thing we think we should talk about from the game is just the Van Jefferson drop. Feel bad for the guy, but, man, you have to catch that. Like, that is – that was bad. That was bad. Fourth and one, minute 33 left. Tyrone twenty two and you were wide open. I just catch the ball. He's cut. He's trying to run before he caught it, and he straps like the most routine of passes. And that was the game. So that that was just the cherry on top for this one. But as we have to talk about that because that was just a pretty horrendous play by him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit on that. So I think I think one thing was like the offensive line was very bad. Like Ritter was running for his life. Like they were not helping him out at all. With five sacks, and you know, he didn't even play most like he, he played almost three, like not even three quarters. So, yeah, it was uh, he was running for his life, only 12 pass attempts, um, five sacks for 36 yards. It was just not good. Like, as soon as Tennessee went up, they just started leaning on Derrick Henry and they kept bringing pressure on Ritter. And you know, they can do that when they're up so big. And, and, and Ritter's not comfortable with pressure. So, you know, credit to the Titans. Like, they, you know, they would have, they did exactly what I would have done and, and just um, bring all out blitzes and, and make Ritter make him stick. And, and that's what happened. So, um, yeah, I think if Heineke starts this game, we probably win it. Like, he had a very yeah. good shot at the end of the game to um, lead us down the field. Um, but, but, yeah, the Van Jefferson drop was bad. Um, you know, I think he's had, you know, before this game, I think he's only had like one catch with Atlanta. So I don't know. It was uh, it was pretty tough. I think, I think that making that catch would have been a very interesting. Fresh set of downs with about a minute and a half left. So yeah. who knows if if we go down the field? But um, it really sucks for just in end like that. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, the game is still like it's not like a lock. The Falcons win if he catches that at all, either. I mean, they had no timeouts and they had to score a touchdown. So it wasn't, um, you know, like he was in the end zone dropping that. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, Heineke, he did get that – did have that touchdown drive uh, before, and then the Falcons get the uh, stop. So, I mean, that drive was eight plays, 75 yards with the Scotty Miller touchdown. So that that was a really nice drive by Heineke. I think, you know, he he could be competent, but, um, you know, there is a reason this guy was to be had this offseason for a uh, backup quarterback role. He is not, you know – he he's a he's a good backup, probably better than Ritter. But that's just uh, it's a very low bar to clear for sure. So, yeah, yeah, it's a tough game. Probably the toughest of the year. Would you agree with that? I think this one or that a uh, Commanders one, one of those two.
1: Yeah, yeah. This game, this game was rough. This game was very rough. I mean, it was just like, um, yeah. I'm trying to think.
0: Because like, the Detroit and Jacksonville games, we just got kind of smoked. We didn't score at all. They weren't close. Yeah. Um, you know, this was our our uh, closest margin in a loss. So, yeah, this one this one was tough, man. You know, we did get a little excited when Heineke came in. That was fun for a second. But other than that, <laughs> not much. Not much yeah, at all.
1: I agree. I agree. You know, Heineke, like his first three drives – Points in every every drop. Three, three, yeah. field goals, and then a touchdown in the third drive. And then, um, you know, back-to-back drives of nothing after that. But, you know, one-on-one even his fault. So, um, we'll see, man. We'll see. We got, a, you know, easy opponent next week. Um, we don't even know who's starting. So, uh, <laughs> Arthur Smith is a bozo, dude. I
0: but... think it's going to be Ritter. I think.
1: God. So so Ritter, you know, as soon as Heineke came in, we were questioning after the half, and um, they said that Ritter had a um, concussion. You know, they were checking on him for a concussion, and you know he was cleared like two minutes later. So I don't know how much truth is in that, or or what Arthur Smith won't tell us. He refuses to. Uh, yeah, she is, he's,
0: he is. He is the hard. worst. His post game press conferences were so bad. Yeah, like... I guess <laughs> it's like say even media-trained at all. He is just... I mean, he was acting like it was an asinine question to ask about the quarterback situation when, you know, Ritter looked fine on the sideline. I mean, he had the hat on and headphones in. Like, he looked like... I mean, I know it's a concussion. It's not like a uh, thing you can... That's like a parent. But... I like I think Ritter probably could have played and he's just kind of playing it coy, but he's just he's such an asshole to those poor reporters. <laughs> like he's so rude to them.
1: Yeah, they're they're walking on eggshells every time they ask him a question because yeah they don't, like, they don't know what you know he's gonna pop off about. They're but... they're
0: valid questions and he just acts like it's he's, he's uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He's he's he gets on my nerves a lot. I'm yeah. very close to just uh, leaning into the his whole nepotism thing. His dad owns FedEx. About to start throwing <laughs> throwing that around more so
1: yeah his family's worth uh six billion dollars do you think he yeah. really cares about football
0: it's just, just like a little gag like uh you know like a rich summer camp kid this is just like a little experience he gets to do because he's a nepotism baby but anyway that's that's enough of that um yeah we'll see what they do tomorrow at the trade deadline I'm not expecting much but we will see um and I th- I think that's all I got on Falcon control now man
1: yeah, yeah. I think we'll be guessing all week who's gonna be starting. Uh Arthur Smith probably won't give us a um you know, a clue until Sunday morning at twelve fifty five who's who's going out there. So, yeah, so probably keep-
0: might, that might be an advantage to you for the Falcons, for the Vikings not to know who they're gonna be going against to make them game plan for both.
1: Yeah, just keep your eye on that. I mean who knows? Who knows who's gonna be rolling out there? I, I I would hope it's Heineke, but like you said, I think I it. Golly, I hope it's not Ritter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of think it's going to be, but I'm with you. I I think they have a, they have a better chance of winning next week with Heineke for sure. Yeah. I think if they go with Ritter, I think they know that too, and I think it, them going with Ritter is just them kind of playing the long game and, you know thinking there's still maybe a chance he could be a guy, but we will see. Um, before we get into our awards, we should we should mention uh Pierce Johnson is back for the Braves. That was a. Uh, Kind of a crazy early signing by the Braves, but Pierce Johnson is back. He was he was good with the Braves since he got traded, but a two-year, $14 million deal, fine by me. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. He was good. He was good yeah. when we got him. Um, we kind of rescued him from Colorado. So, um, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'll take it. I think it's a great deal, and, um, yeah, it's perfect, perfect.
0: Yeah, it's, it's cool for him because I guarantee if he would have stayed in Colorado for the whole season, he would not. He would probably be on a minor league contract. Going to some teams as a spring training invite. Now he's got 14 million dollars locked up. So good for him. Should at least mention that because a um, you know, pretty notable signing for the Braves, especially with the World Series going on. It's like the I don't think I've ever remember a team making a signing uh, during the World Series. They're not playing it obviously, but um, yeah, had to at least mention that. So now we can move on to our Jock Petersons and Vic Beasley's of the week. I believe you have you have first dibs. So uh, who do you got for your jock of the week?
1: My Jack Peterson of the week has to be Jalen Johnson. Mm. Jalen Johnson has been fantastic. Um, you know he started the last two games, so um, that's really cool to see Quinn just kind of you know releasing the the secret to the world, um, getting him more minutes. He's he's got he's third in sorry he's 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 fourth in minutes on the on the team. Um, which is pretty substantial, um, you know. Having not started every game this year, um, he's been incredible, averaging fifteen point three points, seven point seven rebounds, um, you know, almost two assists. But, um, but yeah, the flashiness, the the ability to to move around, like he's been fantastic. His his shooting, like he's shooting. Um, what is he shooting right now? Sixty four point five percent from the field, thirty seven point five percent from three, like. He is unguardable right now, at six eight two twenty. That is ridiculous, um, and and he's only going to get better, man. Like his off season has been insane. The improvement so far, the more minutes, it's um, you know, it, it's it's really working out. And um, yeah, like the hot start. I think um, I think that's my Jock Peterson.
0: That is a good one indeed. Uh, just to uh, throw this in there, Jalen Johnson is twenty one years old. We are both older than Jalen Johnson. So, like you said, he's only going to get better. Um, He, you know, he was a huge recruit at a high school. You know, going into Duke, he was supposed to be a lottery pick, and he fell to us, and, you know, that talent's there, and it you're starting to see it. He is a very gifted athlete and, you know, just a really, really good basketball player. And, you know, one of the more exciting prospects the Hawks have had probably – Probably since Trey, honestly. I haven't felt this way about a guy they had in the drafts. I mean, now now we're seeing it since Trey, really. Um, Because, I mean, Hunter and Cam, I guess I I was pretty excited for Cam Reddish. I can't lie. But um, you see how that ended. Uh, Jalen Johnson, but Jalen Johnson has definitely shown more than Cam Reddish did. So, uh, yeah, he's been great. Um, You know, he was everybody's pick to click this year for the Hawks, and he's doing it. No, it's kind of e- it was kind of easy to see coming. so yeah, yeah he he's been great.
1: yeah it, it feels really good to see uh you know this is really Quinn Snyder's first project like um in in developing you know guys that you know weren't technically drafted when he was there um but but are you know surfacing when he's there. and so um you know to see Jalen Johnson take that next step already it's um it's super promising and um you know you kind of kind of wondering who's next like who who's going to keep contributing um you know DeAndre Hunter's having a career year so far um you know some other guys are are playing really well Kongu's playing you know very good so um yeah just the, the new coaching staff the new the new culture really really cool to see
0: definitely definitely good to see and um yeah very exciting start for this Hawks team Two great wins and i'm going to piggyback after Jock Peterson with another Hawk. I just going to go with John T. Murray just because tonight, man. Pretty easy. Um, he was awesome. 41 points, tying a career high. Couldn't miss a shot in the second half. And, you know, don't need to say much about it. He was great. Kind of willed this team back into the game by himself. I mean, he was pulling up pretty much every possession in the third quarter, and he had every right to. He was on fire in the most – Literal way, so I'm going with DeJounte Murray as my uh Jock Peterson of the week. Um, also, uh, two hogs getting it, they Jalen Johnson and DeJounte Murray. Uh, oh, a shout out to the Falcons being bad for them getting their two their two jocks of the week because there was just I looked at the Falcons, like, is there anybody I could pick? And there's kind of not, <laughs> nope. So, nope. yeah, that is my Jock Peterson. Now it's time for Vic Beasley. and now we can look at the Falcons roster and get the picking. So who do you got? <laughs>
1: yeah, close your eyes, scroll up and down, and that's who I'm picking. Yeah. Um, psych. I'm actually going to stick with the Hawks on this one. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to take out tonight's game because technically it's a new week. But.
0: Yeah, that was what I was thinking when I was about to pick DeJounte. <laughs> it, it was this week, but we're talking about this episode, so I'm counting it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair.
0: So. <laughs> my uh big
1: piece of the week is going to be Trey young Trey young has not been good um you know last two games he's looked he's looked a lot yeah. better tonight looked very good um super efficient from the field not out of 22 but before that he was 5 of 14, 4 of 16 4 of 19 from the field um not good not good at all um you know you know he's shooting 26.5% from the field Um, If you take out tonight's game, 27.3% from three, Um, you know, we talk about him. If he doesn't have a shot, he's finding ways for the team to win, Um, you know, and that's still there. But um, but yeah, the the first two games were just, just really, really bad for him. Um, He got to the line a ton. And so, um, you know, that kind of saved the points aspect of it. He's averaging 20, which is, you know, six below um, his, his totals from last year. So, um, you know they're kind of getting boosted he he was really bad to start the year and um, yeah that's going to be my big Beasley I mean I know he's turned things around a little bit so um, you know hoping to keep that rolling but yeah,
0: yeah he was not helping I mean, too much in those first two games that they lost but uh, you know he he has improved these last two games he's been better but he was pretty bad the first two he couldn't make a shot Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a probably like a overall disappointing start to the year but we are just four games in and he has shown signs of life so uh, that's good and you know maybe he can build on this playing against washington on uh wednesday maybe he can go ballistic because we mentioned earlier wizards can't stop much of nothing. so yeah interesting pick going with trey young there um for mine mine's gonna be short and sweet again van jefferson catch the ball that's all <laughs> i gotta say sounds bad and uh, yeah, I don't like I don't I feel like I'm kind of picking on him now, but I could pick Ritter again. But I've said this many times. I'm just picking Ritter's just boring now. It's no fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the automatic Vic Beasley of the week until. Forever. Yeah,
0: it's like how they say LeBron should have won the MVP every year, but you have to mix it up. It's the same thing. It's <laughs> kind of opposite inverted. Like LeBron should have won the MVP every year. He was the best player every year, but you can't give it to him every year. So that's kind of the same logic with Desmond Ritter, the Vic Beasley of the week.
1: <laughs> his mantle in his living room is full of Vic Beasley's. We we got to yeah. dish them out.
0: It's just Vic Beasley jerseys, signed Vic Beasley jerseys, covered his entire living room, <laughs> every room in his house. Just a framed Vic Beasley jersey.
1: Man, <sighs> I, playing Tennessee this week just reminded me of Vic Beasley, and
0: it was just bad vibes from the get-go bad vibes from the uh, 2016 NFL sacks leader Vic Beasley. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my pick, Van Jefferson. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that I would be giving Van Jefferson a, jo- or a Vic Beasley of the week. I'd be pretty surprised considering he wasn't on the Falcons, but here we are. So Yeah, that's my pick. That's my pick. So uh, Yep, uh, next week we will be back. Talk some uh, Hawks. Got Wizards Pellies. And we'll talk some Falcons Vic, or yeah, Falcons, Vikings at home. We'll see how that one goes. Has uh I mean those two teams getting together. That's potential just to be some some pretty awful football, especially with no Kirk cousins. So we'll see how that goes. But uh yeah, you got any final takes before we get out of here?
1: Nope. I guarantee you will be playing at one o'clock. So set your alarms, be ready. This is not probably gonna not. be a prime time game. It probably yeah. will not be showing on red zone a lot, so uh, you know, tune in if you got the local channel. It's gonna be It
0: could it could be crazy though. It does have a chance to just be like one of the weird games that are just funky. It could be that.
1: They need to flex this for Thursday night. Like I need this. I need yeah, everyone. This, to this game
0: it. was built for Thursday night football.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah, we will uh we will we will see how that goes. It could be oof oof, but uh it is a big game, though. I mean, I know Minnesota's season; they kind of feel like it's over, but they're they're four and four now. But without Kirk, I don't know how far they can go. I heard they might trade for Ryan Tannehill, but I don't know what that's going to really do for him. Anyway, that's that's the Minnesota man, which could be a thing next week. We will see. Um, all right, I think we covered it all, Evan. Um, we'll be back next week. Next week with another episode. Uh, so if you made it this far, we really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one.